Hi there guys, welcome to the Blockchain Bandits podcast episode 4. You're here with me Jeff, myself Courtney, and me Andy. And this week we'll be speaking about proof of work versus proof of stake and something called proof of importance. We're going to be talking about another barrier for cryptos, um, complexity. We're going to be talking about the very controversial statements made by Vitalik Buterin, the founder of Ethereum on Twitter, and we'll also be talking about whether decoders should be very open, uh, completely open about their code. So yeah, last week we spoke about um, Electronium, Segwit, and um, psychology, human psychology as a barrier for cryptocurrencies, and IOTA. Um, this past week, IOTA has shot up since then, hasn't it? Yeah, it's made an impressive gains. Yeah, it's done very well. I think it's just gone over eighty pence per iota. Yeah, 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 something like that. And um, yeah, it's been it's been doing great. Maybe that's to do with the fact that people heard about it, about to join another exchange, probably. Possibly, yeah. I think that might be have something to do with it. Um, yeah, Electronium's still down, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're still working with Hacker One in order to um, solve their problems. Um, I think they're stress testing at the moment. Yeah. Um, their security. Uh, as 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 much I can see on their Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And um, yeah. So let's get stuck in for the topics for this week. So, a barrier for cryptocurrencies, complexity. What is meant by that? So basically, we were having a chat, and we've spoken about this before, and we thought that one of the things that could hold cryptocurrencies back is the complexity of the whole the whole system of it like getting involved in it it's not a very easy thing to do you guys have probably heard me say this a million times by now but it's not yet at the stage where it's easy enough for your grandma to use like hash rates um, proof of work um, even the whole term blockchain private keys these are things that are um, tricky to get into tricky to adopt and they they don't offer, there's not any simple resolutions for them at the moment, not that many. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about that. I think um, we're um, finding that um, some ICOs are actually trying to make it more simple. Mm. Um, yeah. If we're looking at even at Electronium again, mm. um, their intention was to actually, you know, advertise an ICO, which is actually quite simple. Um, something where somebody can go in and they can start mining, uh, quote unquote, um, and kind of get more involved um, and I think potentially we're going to get more ICOs trying to do the same thing to make it a bit more simple a bit more user friendly and to kind of provide information in su such a way that people can actually understand it um, I think it is actually a vast um, and wide topic with a lot of different aspects to it um, what do you think Andy? Yeah um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Electronium because mm. uh uh, yeah, again, like you know, I'm a big fan of how they their interfaces yeah. and how um, basically the ease of it's a it's a good little gateway for beginners to get into cryptocurrencies. Um, I I think that businesses should adopt that um, like similar similar kind of path. Mm. Um, but yeah, the in terms of simplicity as well, like it's getting better. Yeah, and it's still a very young um, market, so uh, it 
with with time it will get better and with with more with more with more years and more experience uh and more uh like outlook it, we 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 can see it getting a lot easier for uh, and more wide uh, wide stream appeal really. Well, Coinbase is another example of something that's made it quite simple. It was relatively simple compared to most other wallets and um, and um, exchanges. Their interface that's what most beginners use because it's, yeah. it's just easy. And so that's one example where um, we have seen crypto um, the crypto someone in the crypto space make things more accessible. It's, um, they had the other week. They had like a hundred thousand new um, users, users in yeah. twenty four hours, which is just insane. Um, but yeah, I think there's still a huge barrier, especially with um, other cryptocurrencies in the space. Like Bitcoin is relatively simple to handle at the moment, although it's slow, and Ethereum and Litecoin and things like that. But there are still some coins that are that are difficult to integrate and uh, um, IOTO is one of them even though the technology is really really good because it's very unique it's hard to integrate into mm. other things so that's one thing that's holding IOTO back and other cryptocurrencies um, with unique systems um, and even just understanding the whole cryptocurrency space there needs to be something that's Partly why we're doing what we're doing right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, some, some sort of medium to make it easier to understand, to make it easier to digest, um, just so people know what they're doing out there. And it's obviously, like you said, it's the early stages, so things are going to be very hard. Um, the early stages of the internet, it wasn't just a simple, uh, turn on your computer, connect to the Wi-Fi, and you can go and surf wherever website you want to. It was a long process. I remember dial-up internet. Um, yeah, I'm old enough to remember that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was just slow, and you, had, you couldn't be on the, on the, the phone, phone at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's an evolution, and we're, we're here in the position to see it grow. Back in the internet, you didn't have the internet, so it was very difficult to access all the developments and, and things like that. You might have have had to subscribe to some sort of technology magazine or something or go to a local library and read books and reports on the latest tech updates but now we can watch it in real time on your phone, phone as on well. your phone yeah on the go anywhere you want as long as you've got an internet connection you can be a part of it and so i think that is what is going to be the main difference between the development of the internet and the development of the blockchain the access to the information it just has to be information that is easily digested and not too difficult because we know the wider population isn't going to be bothered. They're going to see a huge chunk of information on a page or something or see a word they don't understand and they're just going to be like, oh, this is long. Like, oh, this cryptocurrency thing's going to blow away because it's just simply for the fact that they can't be bothered to look into it and they'll just kind of bury their heads in the sand and hope it, it goes away. But there will be those people that will, you know, have that sense of curiosity and be like, Oh yeah, what is that? Let me Google that. Let me look into that. And for those people, you still want to make it simple for them because they want to learn more. But not everyone's coming from a tech background, and so as long as you make it um, digestible, easily accessible, then yeah, I think cryptos can get past that barrier of complexity. Yeah, yeah, I think you most likely will have roughly around four user groups. Um, you'd have the developers. Um, you will have the users, but the proactive users that will get involved in mining, etc. 
and then you the general user that wants to know about blockchain they'll do a bit of trading um and, and that's about it and then you have the application user where they just care about the application of the blockchain so you know if bosch decides to take up iota and actually use it for their their um own you know you know kind of um tasks etc their own products whatever it will be then that application user base will kind of get more involved in the blockchain unknowingly mm. more than knowingly yeah. um and i think that's when there'll be a big uptake especially when you have a number of companies maybe microsoft or something like that yeah. actually getting involved you know they'll be able to contact a quite a big user base but it's more about the application not necessarily anything else um and i think that's when um there'll be a bit more of a knowledge of the basics about blockchain um, more than, um, you know, the in-depth kind of knowledge. But you, I think you still have people that want to know about um, blockchain, how it works, etc. And I think, um, you know, the fact that it's decentralised, that's going to be yeah. a key thing for most people. It's a bit like um, maybe Linux. And, you know, th there were a number of people that use Linux. Um, mm. They know different things about Linux. Um, even myself, I know more of the application side of Linux, more than the in-depth um, kind of knowledge of open source. But either way you know there is you know a user base or a user group that will apply themselves to that particular you know yeah that's a that's a program. good point you made about the the application stage that is where the wider adoption will be taken like you said mm. um the because i think the way it will as long as it's streamlined and people don't know they, they don't know they don't need to see the back end stuff as long as it's streamlined, easy, and it just yep. slides into people's lives and helps them out, makes their lives a bit easier, then like there's no the barrier for complexity has basically been broken. Yeah, so. I, uh, example I like to use is uh, yeah, like just making it as easy as possible for the user in mind. Mm -hmm. Like so, yeah, it's kind of like um, the whole if your grandma can use it, then it's perfect. That's, yeah, that's, it's, it's it's like that. Uh, yeah, the example I like to use is how what what Steve Jobs did with um with the iPhone. Yeah. Um, basically, before we had like Blackberries and um, these big keyboards and like basically a lot of information. The, the user was being fed a lot of information, mm. and it was very. It was, I guess it was helpful, uh, but uh, Steve Jobs took a step back and was like, "Okay, well, we we want big designs for our icon for our apps, and that's a job. Like nice, easy design with a simple to use interface." Mm. Now with in terms of blockchain and in terms of um, the ICOs, if they can make their product easy to use, easy to trade, easy to buy, easy to sell, easy, like easy mm. for the user, then that's good for uh, adoption. Yeah, it, it like it, it will only create good things, in my opinion. Yeah, I think speed's a big a big part of that as well. Yeah, if because it's one thing it being easy. And then, like, we, obviously, you, you go into an app, it's easy to buy and easy to sell, and then you buy, and then you sit around for 20 in. minutes for the, yeah. the transaction to happen. Yeah. That is a, is a huge thing. But I suppose that's a different barrier altogether that we'll probably speak about uh, another time, I suppose. Mm. Speed. Mm. Yeah, the speed, and then there's also the transaction kind of fee per, yeah. you know, if, each time you actually buy or sell um, due to mining. Mm. Um, and I think uh, mining is going to be... A, a, a one big barrier in its own, own way basically when it comes to cryptos and speaking of mining um that brings us to our next um topic proof of work proof of versus proof of stake and something called proof of importance which i'm sure many people might not have heard of um so yeah what is proof of work what is proof of stake and what is proof of importance um 
right? Proof of work is actually the most common um, protocol for mining or creating um, cryptocurrency coins. Um, it's essentially just um, supercomputers, not quite super, but very powerful computers, um, running complex um, calculations in order to verify transactions on the blockchain. Um, it takes up a lot of energy. Uh, you, obviously, it's expensive because you need an expensive computer. And so the miners are rewarded with that um, cryptocurrency or coin to compensate them. Now, proof of stake works differently. It works basically instead of just having the best um, supercomputer and basically earning cryptocurrencies by mining that way, you stake a lot of cryptocurrencies it might be up to 10,000 or 200 or whatever the um, the blockchain rules are and you stake that amount and the more you stake the more you can mine um, that is a lot better for the environment it's uh, it's a lot less costly down the line as well because you're using less energy you don't really need a supercomputer and also it stops people from manipulating the price and um, also it increases the um, value of the coin because there are less coins in um, in circulation that way because they're staked and if you have a cryptocurrency staked it also removes the incentive to try and mess about or do something fraudulent on the on the blockchain because if the network sees that you're trying to do something you lose everything that you staked straight away um, so it, there's no incentive to do anything and obviously the more money you put in the more power you have in but at the same time you the more you have at stake so mm. you're you're not likely to do anything on the system now proof of importance which is only used by one coin if I'm correct which is NEM or one blockchain yeah right and um, basically that is very similar to proof of stake mm -hmm. you stake an amount and um, you know the that basically makes you able to mine more but the key difference is is that you also get something called an importance score and this was brought out to remedy the problem of proof of stake which is the rich stay rich and get richer if you have a lot of money in the proof of stake system you put it into um you put it on the, on the line you stake it then you can mine more and make more and so you the rich keep getting richer whereas with proof of importance it's not just staking. You have to hack a high importance score. And the way you get a high importance score is by making transactions um, in the chain and, and basically um, interacting with that chain a number of times. So the more transactions you make, the more transactions you're involved in, then the more transactions you're allowed to verify and then you earn coins that way. And it's basically like a way of measuring trust. The network trusts you more, the more you interact with it. There are also loads of protocols in place to stop people from just sending money back and forth to the same people to improve their importance score. And uh, there are a few ways they, they sort that out. But this seems to be a very, very um, promising way. And I can see a lot of chains moving moving to that. Um, I don't know what you guys um, think about that. Yeah, um, basically, like, in terms of uh, proof of state, proof of work and proof of importance, these are all ways to, to mine and generate generate the currency. So when people are wondering, oh, how are these Bitcoins and 
uh, Ethereum, like they, they come out of thin air, like people mm. who don't know too much about uh, the technology, they'll say that, well, you can tell them about these uh, proof of work, proof of stake and proof of importance. Um, but yeah, like I one, one thing to add, like uh, proof of stake and proof of work uh, in particular, proof of work tends to be a lot more, um, it's a lot more harder on the environment. Mm. So it uses a lot of electricity um, and proof of stake is a lot more energy efficient really mm. and like it's more efficient generally as in like you um, it's just cost effective mm. uh, so in that sense it's, 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 it's relatively good like um, however there's not uh, proof of stake is becoming a more uh, more of a thing now because ASCII mining is still dominated is still a very much a proof of work dominated uh, market mm-hmm. um however like there are proof of stake um currencies uh like popping up and especially a big player ethereum mm-hmm. moving over that yeah. is a big deal big big deal and obviously there are still there's improvements from uh, like NEM have made their improvement as you just said mm-hmm. like to, to stop the whole issue of the rich are getting richer which is proof of work and proof of stake the rich are still getting richer because it's the rich who are owning earning the have the, these massive mining hubs which are mining the ascii mining coins mm-hmm. or, or the, the different different coins and it's the it's it's the rich who have the are are putting millions worth of coins in in staking mode and win it winning winning the stakes yeah so um i think i, I think proof of importance is definitely a step in the right uh, right direction in terms of fairness mm. uh it's, it'll be interesting to see how the market goes really in the, in the next few years yeah yeah i'd suggest that um proof of work to me reminds me of the industrial revolution and you know the whole idea that if you've got a processing power you can you know do really well mm. proof of stake i'm a bit more inclined to say it's a good idea um especially as you know we know that crypto is, you know, relying on the laws of supply and demand. Um, if people are holding um, their coin um, and there's a limited amount of coins in the uh, particular, net, you know, industry here, you'll find that the the, the price will rise, uh, and that can be a good thing for everyone, um, not necessarily just the big players. Um, uh, I think uh, you do have a couple of coins. Um, one in particular, Pair Coin, that actually use both methods, which is quite interesting. Um, and yeah, again, if Ethereum is moving over to proof of stake, which is again another interesting thing, potentially, you know, seeing how things go with NEM, um, you will find that more coins will start moving over to proof of importance. I'd like to see what kind of happens with that. Um, but then I'd like to throw a lot of span in the works and say, you know, I kind of like how IOTAs were running, you know, in terms of mining, mm-hmm. where one transaction can approve another two. Um, and I think that's more of the way to go for speed. And also for the cost, yeah. uh, you know, it's mm. going to drive down costs. Good and I, I like IOTA's way of, 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 of thinking about mining um, above all of these kind of proofs, yeah. believe it or not. To be, yeah, to be, so basically IOTA's are just basically no mining at all. It's just verifying computers with other computers very easily with zero fees and um, high speed. And that is kind of the way forward, but that only works on the Tangle and, and, um, that's a very um, it's niche, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's very niche, yeah. and they're a proof of work and proof of um, um, stake. stake, proof of importance, work on the blockchain. But they, they, um, 
it wouldn't work in a tangle and iota developers are quite secretive about um a lot of their code which um brings us to another our next topic which is should developers be open about their code should they be completely open in in the in the culture of the cryptocurrency the culture of the blockchain where everything's on a decentralized ledger where we are part of the whole system should developers be open about the code that they're putting into their technology that we'll be using that you could be investing in by buying a, a, a coin should you know 100% all of that code even if you don't understand all of it um, what do you guys think uh, you know this one I'm gonna be quite black and white all right so I find that naturally in the way that the community works we're always pushing for developers um, to, you know, provide us with everything. It, it almost, you know, like open source. We want to see exactly what we're investing in. We want to see exactly what they're doing behind the scenes. And not only because, um, you know, we want them to be transparent, but because we actually are interested. Um, so I think there's a fair balance to it uh, in terms of how much we want to know. Because, and this is a big because, security. You know, how much code should a developer provide us? Because ultimately, we don't want to give a hacker, for instance, all the detail of, of, of a particular blockchain, because before you know it, they can work out how to actually hack that blockchain, and then it's only going to hurt us more down the line. So I think there needs to be, a, you know, kind of, um, um, kind of a balance there in terms of how much to give us, but not too much so it's critical to the ICO in itself. Um, mm-hmm. um well, I'm, I'm, again, I'm a developer and I, I do like the community of um, developers in the sense that it's very open source. Mm. Uh, and it, like it's, it's moved a lot in the, in the past few years and it's becoming more and more open source and big companies. Uh, I'm just going to say like, for example, Microsoft, mm-hmm. they, um, they, like, they had to compete with, I'm going to talk about programming language now, but they had to compete with um, these open source languages. Mm. And they found that the open source languages were improving at a faster rate because they it just had a lot of um, more ideas and more discussion. It was like it used the internet for good. Like that's that's what I think it should be used for. And um, so like there was there was a lot of improvement. So now you've seen a lot of businesses go into go into more like open source and like sharing what what they have. And there's a lot of collaboration, um, like. The, the developers actually have incentive to help because they can say, "Oh, I help with this," and they they can actually put down their CV. Like, it's 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 a good little community going. In terms of security, there's always going to be security problems, and the security is um is always going to be an issue, and it's something what should be taken very, very like like it's just very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that putting this stuff online and open source still um often more often than not uh, like mitigates it because they do catch a lot of problems for example not too long ago um there was that uh parity issue and then uh, basically a developer um uh, notified the guys on github saying oh yeah like i i accidentally uh Deleted some wallet, killed yeah. it. <laughs> like he locked up three hundred million. Dollars yeah, that's insane. By accident, playing around with the code. Yeah, see now, like, of like that's a such a bad like situation. <laughs> Obviously, like if he 
it's, um, just found it and actually tested it first without deleting $300 million worth of Ethereum, mm. uh, like that would have been a good. And like now they, they found it mm. and they fixed it. Say if someone uh, found it and it, like use it for bad, like yeah, that that would have been horrible. But it it's 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 the the thing is you want to find bugs and fix them as soon as that like that's the kind of path like it was uh it, like people should take really. Um, but yeah, like I think it makes it more secure. Uh, but it will never be secure enough. Um, I do think that people like businesses should hold back things that they find might hurt them. Um, like, but it's, it's kind of like, it's up to the businesses. I want to, I really want to see how the market goes with it. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of coins. What is kind of like, okay, everything, here's everything. Mm. Like this is the community, everything decentralized. Like we're giving you this, this service and it's free. Like if you just use it, mm. like, um, and then you have your ones like IOTA. Yeah. It's like, we want to, we want to like steer this. I really want to see how it goes. Like, the mar- I'm so excited for the market to see where it goes, really. The thing is, as well, one argument against um, basically hiding some code is that you essentially kind of centralise the network if you have yeah. some code that only you control or know about. Because who's to say one day you might not try and do something malicious? You know, we're all human beings. And human beings can't trust other human beings 100%. And the whole thing about the blockchain and technology is about trust. It's basically eliminating that need for trust and being open about everything and letting the code rule. Um, so it's just, uh, it's one of those things. I love IOTA, as I've mentioned before. Um, I heard they're working on a way to um, basically change some of their code so that they can be more open source or totally open source without compromising their technology so i'm looking forward to that but for now they are hiding things um i do believe that then they're doing it for the best and it's just the way the technology works so we kind of have to wait and see um how that turns out but i I think everything would be okay with that uh i'm just i'm hoping so i suppose um but it also, I, th- I think a one remedy for this whole situation is maybe on any given chain, they give the coin holders a vote and basically, I don't know, maybe you pay a certain amount of that coin and you can vote on whether it should be 100% open source or or not. I know a lot of ICOs, when they're um, about to open, sometimes when they're making decisions, they hold polls for their coin holders or investors and um, they make the decision based on that. So maybe something similar could be worked out. Mm. And um, maybe that's more fair, to be honest. But uh, yeah, that's that's one issue that we're gonna, that um, cryptos have to deal with, just the open source code. And it's, it's, it has a wider, wider um, sort of view on it. If you look at it, it has a social, political um, tone to it, because it's one of those things you give up certain rights for security you know, it's a big social thing at the moment, you know, with the whole big brother sort of thing and, you know, people being scared by, I don't know, terrorist attacks or anything in, in life and the news scaremongering. People are, are giving up their civil um, liberties every day and that's something that the blockchain is, is here to try and negate so everything's open, we can all see everything and together as a community 
we can try and better this because the majority of human beings i believe personally are good people like deep down we all just want to get on with our lives and we just want to live obviously there's a minority that don't want to do that for whatever reason and but on the whole especially in the in the developer um, community the coding community everyone helps each other everyone helps um gives each other a helping hand so i believe that really an open source thing will cause problems but the community as a whole will come together to fight against those problems and um i don't want to sound too religious here but if we go back to the days of adam and eve wasn't it all intended for us to be really open yeah but he's got a point no maybe that's the that's the key to freedom but now we're getting all philosophical (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um next up uh we wanted to talk about a big subject Mm. which was uh vitalik buterin's comments unsavory comments in my opinion on twitter um i might leave a link to the um tweets in the description but um i don't know we can kind of read it out now just quickly for people that won't know or they might be tuning in for the first time to the podcast who is vitalik okay vitalik buterin is the founder of ethereum and so basically and lead developer so basically a lot of the things he says could have an impact on Ethereum. And that's why we're talking about this. Does this have an effect on Ethereum moving forward? If you're holding the coins, should you be worried? Or and what could what kind of could happen? Um, so yeah, here are the things he said. Um, he said, I can easily argue that doing heroin imposes risks on others. Simple possession of child porn does not. Yeah. that. That's a big statement that he put out on Twitter, saying basically comparing holding onto child porn with heroin, holding onto heroin and arguing that they're the same thing. Hmm. Now this is something that is close to everyone's heart. Child porn is one of the most disgusting things that human beings have ever created, and he's I th- it's, it comes across as insensitive mm. for him to be talking about it in relation to heroin or drug abuse because for me from my point of view in when someone's holding on to a drug or using a drug they're doing it to themselves they're consenting and of course you can harm other people in that way um, but right there and then you're directly doing it to yourself and you're consenting to it a child is not consenting to that sort of thing happening to them so to make that comparison alone shows some sort of insensitivity and it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way and it might make people feel a bit awkward like myself about investing in ethereum but on the other hand looking at it from a completely logical point of view, which is probably what Vitalik was doing, um, looking at it from a complete logical, emotionless point of view, which you shouldn't ever look at something completely like that, but without being empathetic, empathetic, you 
can see Ethereum doing fine, perfectly fine, because it doesn't it doesn't affect the technology directly. Um, the technology is still going to be doing the same things it was doing before those comments or after, regardless of what he said. So investors might look at it and be like, well, money is money. It's making me money right now, and it looks like it's going to make money in the future. I don't know. Do you guys have anything to say about this? Yeah, I'll, I'll start in saying that, um, you know, child porn, wrong, 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 mm-hmm. wrong. I could go on forever, but basically it's wrong no matter what, you know, circumstance, no matter what discussion you're talking about, it is wrong. I, I You know, it's beyond me to even compare anything. Um, there's so many comparisons of bad that we look at sometimes in life. No matter what, it's bad. Heroin abuse or, you know, some sort of drug abuse, it's bad. You know, um, I'm pretty sure there are listeners that will say, you know, I know somebody that's done this or done that. They've lost their life. Um, no matter what, it's bad. Um, it hurts somebody. It affects families. It has so much de- detriment kind of impact in, in our communities, in our lives, in, in families, everywhere. You know, no matter what. So both topics are terrible. Um, in terms of his comments, you know, I think he is being quite emotionless and kind of thinking quite high level this might not impact this and this might not impact that. That's his own personal opinion. Um, it doesn't necessarily reflect exactly what he might do in his private life or whatever have you. It's, it's just him being really high level and emotionless. And, you know, for whether he's right or wrong, it's wrong. It's, the whole thing's wrong. Um, in terms of its impact on Ethereum, I think that's quite key. I think, you know, there will be a number of people that will say, I'm not investing in this because of those comments, because my personal situations, my personal moral code. And I think that's totally fair game. Mm. You know, if if the head of Microsoft came out and said the same thing, um, there'll be people that wouldn't be buying Xbox One X this Christmas, no matter how great it is. I'm, you know, pumping that Trump right now. But yeah, Mm. that's how people work. And I think that's fair game. Um, In terms of if it really should impact you, it's your moral code, your moral stance. Um, I'm not investing. (laughs) Um, yeah, so obviously it's it's a it's a very touchy subject, um, and it, it's it's going into the political kind of scene. But um, like I, we we did discuss it in the group chat. Mm. We we had a, we had a, a quick discussion of it on the group chat, and um, I like for someone who is often right a lot, he's very very logical. And he's he's a very smart man. Mm. Um, and he's very young as well, which maybe is a bit of immaturity yeah, in that as well, because so. he's our age. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, like, he he got this very wrong. Um, like, he again. I want to read it again. He said, "I can easily argue that doing heroin imposes risk to other uh, risk on others, or simple or, or simple possession of child porn does not." Like. He he like what he's saying. He's saying he he's just being devil's advocate and he's arguing the case, saying like, okay, like I can say that oh heroin doesn't hurt like hurt other people, but and child uh, child porn does not. But child porn does hurt people. It does. It's, it's by having that possession, it's already hurt someone. It hurts little children. <laughs> yeah. You know, it hurts little the, like the pe- like it's it messes them up and like uh, a, a possession of that it kind of like it. It holds it. It supports it. It supports it. Yeah. Um, it's like if you bought a football team's top. You don't play for the football team, but you're supporting the football team by yeah. by purchasing it. You're showing that you are in support of this institution. 
And yeah. so by possession of that, of child porn, you're supporting the whole yeah. thing of child porn. And so. it leads into other things, you know, people that have that possession, what do they go on to do? You, you know, twisted, crazy people do crazy and twisted things. And I think having that possession definitely leads on to other things, which um, ultimately is not good for society in any shape or form. You do not want people out there that is that believe it's okay i can have this because it doesn't actually affect anyone else it doesn't impact them at all questionable like yeah. you know questionable. yeah like uh again he, he said like plenty of bitcoiners advocate legalization of all drugs okay again true like uh, a lot a lot do um the political scene and uh kind of like if you had to round up a lot of people a lot of them will lean more libertarian uh, which are people who is kind of like they live they the way they live is um, they don't want the government to control them mm. they want to live their life they kind don't want to hurt people sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah like not not quite anarchist because they they hate the government yeah. <laughs> they don't want government but they want uh, libertarians want as little um, power of government on That's their lives yeah. yeah they want to basically just live free and enjoy like um, yeah. like basically things should be legal. Mm. Um, as like as long as like what I do is my body, yeah. so that's why they say oh like they they want to legalize drugs if those people yeah. want to take drugs. Cool. I don't agree with that um, um, political. I'm not I'm not a libertarian, mm. um, but yeah like and he says I don't see legalizing le- legalizing possession of child porn as more radical than heroin. It's child porn, that and you just said <laughs> you just said it's more it's more radical than uh, like. It's not more radical. Yeah, it's than not. Heroin. Yeah, like it's crazy. It, I just, oh. <laughs> I think I, do you know what? I just think he's quite insensitive, and um, I, I just think because he, for some weird reason, he doesn't believe holding such things would actually impact somebody else. Mm. Do you know what? I don't know. I think there's a sense of I can sense a bit of arrogance on his part. You got to think about it from what. Look at what he is. He's a young genius. He's created something so great. And so he probably feels like he's on the top of the world. He can say whatever he wants because he hasn't actually come out and made an apology for what he's saying. Because fair enough, you believe what you believe. But as soon as you realize, especially if you're in the position you're in, you realize, okay, some people are taking offense to what I'm saying. I can see why they can, they're taking offense to it. You have to come out and apologize. And being able to see why they take offense to it shows level of empathy and maturity. Mm. And I think that is maybe a bit missing um, from him at the moment, from what I've seen, my personal view, because he hasn't come out and apologised. He's just said what he said and he's defended what he said to the end. There's a bit of arrogance, a bit of too much pride there. Um, I think that, yeah, he is he's young and maybe in even just like a year or two years' time, he might look back and be like, OK, yeah. I was a bit dumb because when when you're this young you change literally every year and you grow up and you develop and you mature so maybe it's just like you said before um just immaturity but um yeah no it's just it's it's just it's it's mind-boggling but he's 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 one of those guys he may he might just be out of touch you know just doing development, working on that so much. He must be working very hard on Ethereum. And then, so he just, especially coding, you have to think very logically yeah. when you're coding. And you, maybe he's just fixed in that, that sort of mind state. 
Yeah, but that, you know, I love Ethereum. I think it's really great, um, especially for our future, especially in terms of blockchain. Um, but you have to then question yourself and say, if this is how somebody's thinking logically, this exactly this is exactly their beliefs, logical beliefs. You know, it, it then puts you on on, on, a, on a pedestal of, do I support that kind of, you know, mm. backing? This is just as much as a so-called president saying the stuff that he says. Do I back that type of, of approach? Or do I say, you know what, mate, this is wrong. Um, I don't agree with what you're saying here. No matter how great of a man you may or may not be or, you know, how much money you may or may not have or whatever have you, it's the fact that your moral code is the most important thing. Indirect to Trump, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but I, th- I think he's making a, a good point. I'm saying that, you know, basically, uh, Vitalik is... He's basically just not thinking... He's, he's thinking too logically, and do you want to support that? Because at the end of the day, that sort of thinking will be re- replicated or reflected on the things he's creating. If he's working very hard on these things he's putting everything he's putting his heart and literally his soul into his work his soul will translate onto um work and maybe one day ethereum uh, maybe a platform where people will be sharing this sort of thing you never know maybe mm. it'll be built to um to support that sort of thing because in his his mind he thinks well you know what um uh, it's not as like everyone should maybe he's a libertarian and then he thinks yeah you know what people should have access to wherever they want blah 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 um i don't know if this is true this is just me speculating he could be completely against this and he was just playing devil devil's advocate but it's just something to bear in mind and and as long as we're thinking about it other people are thinking about it and those people um might be investors who will pull out or you know or you know it will impact their decision and at the same time, there are probably Ethereum investors that have no clue that he said that, that aren't as in, invested or don't do as much research when it comes to this sort of thing, and they just care about the results. Yeah, I think I think like that's something we, we do have to take into account. Um, a lot of people are in the market purely for money, and they care about green arrows and percentage signs going up. Mm. Um, so... I, I don't think this is going to hurt Ethereum too much. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's very, uh, like, there's not a large enough market, uh, or there's not enough people in the the, the scene mm. to make it... It, it was a big deal, but yeah. it's, it's not, it's, it wasn't huge. Yeah, didn't, like, we didn't see the price of Ethereum just... Yeah, exactly. Like, there, but what I'm saying is there's not a ton of, like... Um, social justice warriors like yeah. um, like drilling him for this not to say that it might happen in the future because a lot of people again this is social media yeah. and this is one of the problems with social media it can be dug up again exactly yeah. mm. and I think that he's definitely gonna gonna uh, come back and the people around him are gonna say mate you should not have said that yeah. like and he's gonna be like okay yeah I'm kind of messed up here and like hopefully he'll grow from that mm. like um, like this was a fail on his part, but it's, if you learn from your failure, mm. um, like because he needs to understand that he's a founder of one of uh, like the number two um, ICO in um, in uh, in in the market, and like we like he needs people to adopt Ethereum as much as possible. Saying stuff which uh, basically show your political view. That's why uh, business kind of hold back yeah, on, on how, how how they feel politically. Mm. 
sharing this, there's people who really disagree with what you what you believe in, and they'll, they'll be like, you know what, I I'm not gonna give my money to this then. Mm. Um, so like he did it very early in like in, in terms of age of the market, like it's very early. Mm. So I guess like he, he he's lucky because it, but it might be dug dug up in a few years. Um, but I like I I also want to add again, it is like he's just arguing a case. Um, it's just his political uh, political beliefs. Uh, but I don't think, and I hope he doesn't own any child porn, because boy, if he did, Whoa. I'm taking all my money out of here and I'm shorting it. Yeah. <laughs> I think there is an element of bounce back. I think if he was to say, sorry, one, for you know not being that empathetic to other people's um, views, I think that'd be one thing. I think the second thing, again, he would have to put another tweet out saying, I could argue that what I said was not actually, you know, saying that this is good in any shape or form. It's just me saying that I could argue both or bad in, in that shape or form. Yeah. Then cool. I, th I think he could try and, and, and try and do that. Whether or not the community accepts it, you know, it's up to the community. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it's all subjective whether or not it will really impact um, Ethereum as a whole because it's just his personal views. And um, I think sometimes, you know, you know, investments and stuff like that, you've got to... You're doing it for your own reasons, right? So you just gotta make a choice for yourself. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a very good point. Um, right now in the cryptocurrency space, there's a lot of politics around. Like Vitalik himself's involved in a lot of arguments. If you go on his Twitter, with loads of different developers over loads of different things, <laughs> it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy space, but it's interesting. And um, it's young, it's developing. It's the developers learning, yeah. are young themselves, yeah. so they're learning about life and then we're learning about the blockchain and they're learning about the blockchain it's just a whole process of learning um so mistakes will be made um i think this will come back and bite him in the future definitely especially when ethereum becomes a much wider thing especially imagine ethereum comes is a wide thing people start using it and then the sun newspaper digs through his tweets or do some research. This will be on the front page of that like, Ethereum developer yeah. advocates child porn, blah blah blah. That'd be tragic. Just, just to get a headline. Yeah. And that would that would actually impact the price of Ethereum. Mm. Definitely. At that point in time that would. So that's something to bear in mind. But something else to bear in mind is that we're not financial advisors. So it, as far as you know, we could be chatting crap. As I always I always say. Um so yeah, do your own research guys. We always encourage that. Go through multiple sources and um you know, try and uh, and get a, a, a as broad a view on things, and then make your own decision. But I think we're coming to the end. We've spoken about everything we wanted to speak about, and um, yeah, I hope you guys um, enjoyed this episode. It was very interesting for us to get all this stuff together and to discuss. I hope you found it interesting as well. Um, there's a lot going on and we hope you guys were able to digest the information um next week we'll be coming back with things just as interesting i i, I promise you it's just only it's only going to get better so keep listening guys and um if you want to support us like subscribe um leave comments give us feedback um sign up to one of the um exchanges in the in the description or maybe you want to protect your cryptocurrency get it off an exchange and keep it safe from hackers you can use a ledger offline hardware wallet and you can get a link to that in the description too which helps support the channel
So, yeah. See you guys next time. Hey, cheers, guys. Thanks for listening.